Welcome to Creator Talks, the interview podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calloway. I have a special bonus edition for you today on Memorial Day. I have three guests joining me for the show. Enrica Jang, Alex Cormack, and Mark Mullaney. They are the three creators working on Crossing. They have a Kickstarter running at the moment for issues two and three of their series they're working on. Issue one was already successfully funded a couple years ago. We're going to talk about why it's been a while since we've seen the Kickstarter go out for issues two and three, and why there are issues two and three in this Kickstarter and not just issue two. Enrica is the writer of the series and the editor-in-chief of Red Stylo, her very own indie publishing company, which publishes a multitude of anthology series, and we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk to Alex Cormack. He's the artist for the series. We're going to talk about his previous work and his work on the series, and Mark Mullaney, who did the letters, the logo, and the colors for the book. The three have worked together before on other projects, and it really shows. They have a great time. We all have a great time, especially when I ask them the questions. I ask all my guests to learn a bit more about them as creators and as individuals, especially that one question they've never been asked before by an interviewer that they want to talk about. I get an answer from all three in this interview coming up. Enrica, Alex, and Mark talking about crossing their Kickstarter for two and three. Here now on Creator Talks. Welcome to Creator Talks. Hey guys, how's it going? And Alex, welcome. Thank you, it's nice to be here. And Mark. Hello. We have a full house today. All the creators are here for the Kickstarter crossing. And this is its second Kickstarter. The first one was successfully funded. Issue one came out already. And you can still get issue one along with two and three. However, before we get started on crossing, I want to talk a bit about each of you, the work that you've done and what you're doing now. Enrica, you are the series writer. Please explain to everyone about the publishing company you created based in Baltimore, Red Stylo. Red Stylo, we are small, independent publishing company, teeny tiny, but mighty. We've published 300 people this year. Uh, well, not all this year, but as of this year, we've published 300 people. <laughs> and, uh, we do uh, an annual anthology, uh, themed anthology. That's actually how I met both Alex and Mark. Uh, they worked with me on our very first anthology, the Poe Twisted anthology, and uh, that's how we all got together. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We do uh, independent comic series and those books and rocking along. It's interesting that you've taken the approach of doing anthology series, and they're all based on a particular theme. Tell me about what some of those themes were. Oh, well, we started with uh, more literary themes, and that was just more of a product of my literary background than anything else. But Poe Twisted was a collection of comics inspired by Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, the next year we did Shakespeare Shaken, and then we did a Frankenstein <laughs> anthology. But after a little while, we had, had done literary themes for a bit and decided to uh, break free and switched over to rock and roll anthologies for a bit. Uh, so our very first, <laughs> and it's really cool this year to uh, still have that book out, is a Killer Queen anthology inspired by the band Queen. So original comics inspired by the music of Queen. Uh, and then the next year... Uh, we were nominated for a Harvey for Best Anthology that year for the 27 Club collection of comics inspired by music artists who died age 27. So it's a strange, wonderful nexus between literature and rock and roll. <laughs> 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 define, <laughs> define the genre. So 
yeah, but it's been a lot of fun. Now, Alex, you are the artist for the series and a fine artist, I might say. Very nice. Thank art. you. I like it very much. Thank you so much. Please share some of your past projects you have worked on for Red Stylo, Image. Enrica really gave me kind of my start. Like my very first thing I, I did, I got a, uh, a pinup published in uh, the back of an issue of Skull Kickers for Image Comics way back a while ago now. So I had that. I met Enrica at a... Uh, Enrica, where was it? It was like a comic shop. Was it Comically Speaking? or? Yeah, it was. Thank yeah, you. and uh, here in Massachusetts. Enrica was up there uh, showing off her book Azteca, which is a fantastic book. Yeah, so I came up and I said, listen, I'm looking for work. Here's something I've done. And she's like, great, I'm doing this anthology called Poe Twisted. So I was like, all right. And I I came up with a story, uh, the uh, Telltale Cat, which I took the black cat and the uh, Telltale Heart and told it all from like the cop's point of view. If you remember the story, that's... You know, the killer and then these cops kind of show up at the end and they're kind of nameless and the killer kind of gives themselves up by just being crazy. So I wanted to tell the story of like, all right, what are these cops doing? I'm like, who are these guys and what, what's their whole deal? So I did that and um, I did the art for another story in there, um, El Dorado. And it was just like a zombie story. And then, um, but yeah, then we did how we did uh, Shakespeare. And I think I've been all of uh, Enrique's uh, anthologies. But, I mean, we've been working together. We've been friends for a long time. And um, and then Enrica had uh, this story called Crossing, which uh, she told me about, which I thought sounded great and a lot of fun. And, you know, and uh, I was like, oh, let's do it. But, uh, yeah, as far as any other past projects, uh, I also do a book called uh, Sync, which is out and about now with uh, Comics Tribe. Oh, let's see. I do another book called Weed Magic, which is, you can take a guess, is a comedy. But, yeah, it's kind of our, our history. that We've known each other for a while. Mark over there somewhere, uh, we went to college yeah. together. I'm in the corner. Yep, <laughs> as, <laughs> as you should be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we went to college together, and we were friends in college and all that. We just kind of kind of tagged along in this whole thing. And Mark, for the book you've contributed, the logo, the colors, the lettering for Crossing, please tell me about some of your previous work. And is it right that you also have Emmy-nominated animation work as well? Like Alex said, we we went to college together, and when he got connected with Enrica, she asked him to find like other people to recruit to the cult of Red Stylo, and uh, <laughs> I guess he's masochistic enough to like, hmm, I'm gonna keep Mark around so I have to talk to him for years to come, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he got me connected with her, and so I think I've become sort of Enrica's like go-to graphic designer specifically over the years. I've done a lot of like illustration stuff in the anthologies, and a lot of like lettering and logo design, and and book layout design so when she needed somebody to uh color and letter and design the the logos and stuff for crossing you know she came to me i've done the coloring for uh issues one and two of crossing i don't know if i'm going to be doing three i think we've got somebody else who's going to be coming on for that and yes i worked on a public access cable show uh, as an animation director and we got nominated for uh three emmys none of which we won but i did get to see uh <laughs> leonard nimoy in person three months before he passed away so that was a uh, that was what? a big, oh, wow. cool thing for me. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he got his Lifetime Achievement Award 2014, and uh, oh. it was, like, just before he passed away. And he was born in Somerville, so it was, like, a big deal yeah. for him. I mean, it's, like, Lifetime Achievement Award just means how do we get this guy to come out to the dinner for free so we can sell tickets? <laughs> but because he's from – because this was the New England chapter of, of the Academy. So because he was born in Somerville, it was a really big deal for him. So it was really cool to see that. And then, of course, he, he uh, got beamed back up in three months from then. So we got to see it before that. Don't forget your uh, Ninja Bear book. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I do a book uh, for Red Stylo. I've only done, we've done like, what, technically, Enrique, it's been like one and a half issues. It's called Ninja Bear. It's a like fantasy adventure. We did the first half issue was released as a, uh, what was it, like a, like a bonus thing with the first crossing Kickstarter. So they're sort of uh, intertwined. Uh, and it gave me an opportunity this year for this Kickstarter to do a little illustration of the two main characters from Crossing to remind uh, Enrica why she chose Alex as the lead artist. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case she had theme, any doubts. Recurring <laughs> theme with Mark is very, very humble, but uh, he's got a lot of names over here at Red Stylo. The Magic Man, the Godfather. He is the man who <laughs> makes a lot of stuff happen for us. <laughs> I, I, you just make up those names for tax purposes, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. You know, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Let's get into the crossing, the Kickstarter. An annoying goth princess, Nina, haunts a rookie train conductor, MC, who ran her over on his first day on the job. Paranormal couples counseling anyone. 24 pages, full color story. Issues two and three are complete. They're done. Uh, we're probably trying to bring these issues to San Diego Comic-Con this July. So Comic-Con International, the big show. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we had crossing at San Diego last year and just this huge response to it uh, from different people and a lot of interest. So it was really important to us to bring uh, the new issues back this year. Enrica, you got this idea for the story when your friend called you because her train got delayed. Yeah, well, we were on the phone, uh, and she was on uh, on her train, Erica. The train stops. The idea came about because I said something stupid. I was like, oh, I hate it when that happens. Trains are never on time. And I'm the one who's grousing into her ear, and she just very quietly says to me, well, you know, something could be happening. And I felt like a dick. So. <laughs> 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 but then th that sparked the idea, just the idea that, you know, you do. You never know what's going on up ahead. And the idea that so many people around you are probably cursing, too, uh, at the same time. Someone could be hurt or dying, and then there's just a whole bunch of negative energy that's like this train, like, barreling down on them just as they're dying. And that was the kind of spark for the idea for the story. What would happen to this energy if all that negative energy just, like, sort of comes at them at the moment of death? And uh, the, the rest of the idea sprung up about it because I was in the car talking to my friend. I remembered in high school that uh, when you're learning about train safety and you're learning about the tracks, just hearing an oncoming train, you want to stop uh, your car to make sure you're not going to just barrel right in front of it. All of that stuff that came back from high school in terms of train safety, all just sort of came together in that idea during that car ride. And there's a twist to this, too. Her death is under mysterious circumstances. It, it looks like a suicide. But there's something else going on because there were other instances in the first issue where there's what looks like a suicide, but they're babbling about something. So there's a mystery here, too. Besides a paranormal story, there's a mystery going on. I'm always fascinated by when people can come away from the same situation with different takeaways. You could see the same thing and have different ideas about what you just saw, and you're battling with somebody else's perception, uh, and you think you've seen the same thing. So with this ghost and her host conductor, he saw her alone on the tracks. Nobody pushed her, nobody helped her, nobody forced her onto the tracks and she walked into his train. She doesn't remember what happened, but she knows she would never have killed herself, she knows. So when you know something about yourself, but then everything around you is screaming and telling you, no, we saw, we know, we know what you're like, 
but you as a person are like, no, I know me, I would never do this. And you're running up against that, that dynamic between these two people, well, ghost and person, that makes for a lot of the tension, especially in the first issue. And then when they meet the support group and see other folks in the same predicament, folks that don't necessarily like each other, wouldn't have liked each other, even under normal circumstances. How are they going to deal with each other <laughs> under paranormal circumstances when they can't get away from each other? And only MC could see Nina. And he's going on about this with his friends, how she just won't leave him alone. And they're thinking, oh, yeah, I understand. You know, you might be suffering from PTSD. They don't see her, but she won't leave his side. Alex did a really, really great job in sort of showing that frustration for this guy who he's just really pissed off and going at Nina. But when he's <laughs> with his friends in the safer spot, he's just really in despair because he doesn't know if he's going crazy and he can battle with <laughs> Nina, but in front of his friends, he's just breaking down and drinking because what am I going to do? <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm insane, which <laughs> consequently is, is Nina's problem as well. I mean, it, it's just sort of, he keeps telling her she's crazy. He thinks he's crazy. She doesn't exist. She knows she ex exists. And so her frustration is just, I am here. I'm telling you what I know and you are not listening to me. And that's just a frustration, I think, everybody has felt at different times in their life. I see this. I know what's going on. Nobody believes me. Or maybe that only <laughs> happens to me. <laughs> one of the things with that is, uh, I just reminded, there's uh, one of my favorite panels in uh, issue two uh, that he's talking to one of the guys. He's like, no, you don't understand. She just won't leave me alone. And they're like, oh, come on. I can't be that bad. Like, no, you don't get it. And it cuts to him. Uh, sitting in the bathroom and he's got like a magazine over his head and she's just shouting at him and shouting. It's yeah, one of my no, favorite that's... panels, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and that just comes from, my husband always is pissed off when I'm like, I'm shouting about the news through the bathroom door and he's just like, mm -hmm. you know <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> Which is, yeah. So, all, all of that, all the angst is just my husband screaming at me to leave him that way. <laughs> you know, you all seem to have a lot of fun together. And what do you like best about working with your fellow collaborators? Each one of you can tell me. Enrico, what do you like best about working with the team? I oh. love these guys. These are my favorite guys. <laughs> um, you know, after a while, it's just absolute pride in the fact that we've known each other so long and we're still making books that we enjoy. You, As a freelancer, you never have to work with anybody. You're not required to do any of this. I don't know, just a creator to get lovey-dovey for a minute. Like, these guys get me. They get me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Alex is uh, absolutely amazing. He's a, he's a workhorse. He's done so many really great just so many great books after uh, we started working together. And I really admire uh, his art. And I'm just flattered that he came back to work on this very personal project for me. And then Mark, one of my best friends, we talk a lot. We talk about different stuff. Our vision for the books that have come out for Red Stylo has been great. And then on, just on a personal level, he's just a really great guy. Thank you. Checks in the mail, Enrica. Good job. <laughs> Fun to hang out with Enrica. She's a lot of fun, and I've known and I've known her for years. And uh, well, that was the thing with this book, especially. It was I, I remember being kind of excited about it because um, right before we got into this, I was talking to my wife that uh, just like specific genres and comics that you don't see, you never see a romantic comedy in a comic. You know, romantic comedies kind of have a bad rap, but they can be really good if you just do them well. 
And then uh, Enrique told me about this book. I'm like, oh, this is basically like Ghostbusters, but it's a romantic comedy with these two, and it's, this could be a lot of fun. This could be really great. And, and that was kind of what kind of kicked me off on this project, getting excited about it. But it was also just working with Enrique again. And then Mark jumped on. I'm like, also know Mark for years. I'm like, oh, this will be perfect. This will, I mean, these guys are all great, you know. And uh, yeah, it's just working with your friends. That's re that's really what it uh, what it is, you know. Um, because, yeah, Enrique's right. I mean, with freelance, you know, you can just, if you're not getting along, then, you just, then you're not getting along, then you quit, then you move on to something else. But this is just, yeah, it's it's working with your friends and it's good to talk to everybody. And it's it's always a good time. You know, it's great to see everybody at shows. And I think it comes through in the comic when you flip through with it. You, see, you flip through a comic and you kind of see that these are people that get along and you kind of somehow come through on the uh, on the page. And Mark, how about you? The distance. Uh, I don't have to be in the same room with anybody. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's really piggyback on what Alex said because um, you know Alex and I both know the grind of the freelance career, and it's difficult to find people you can work with on a regular basis. Like it's a lot of people who have like quote unquote real adult jobs uh, with responsibility and stuff. Um, can take it for granted the idea that like you go and you work in an office or a building or you the same people and you become a team and you get to work together. When you're sort of running around trying to figure out how you can basically survive in the world by doing what you want to do, uh, it's hard to be able to connect with people on a regular basis to be able to do regular projects uh, with people that you actually enjoy working with. So when you have that opportunity and you get the opportunity to continue to go back to work on projects with those same people, You'd be crazy not to. Now, Enrique, it's been a while since the first issue came out. Was this, in part, this time period between that issue and this Kickstarter, was that because of all the work you were doing? It was tough to get together for the next one? Actually, no. And uh, Alex will kill me because he had work <laughs> finished a long time ago. <laughs> uh -huh. We were, and this is going to sound like, oh, poor, poor us, but we were in a way, a victim of our success. Kickstarter is this place where a lot of people go to shop for indie now. It's really hard to get into shops. It's really hard to get that kind of distribution. So you want to be on Kickstarter to get in front of a lot of people. So we had this really great response and it was a small project, but really mighty. And then companies are, are looking at this stuff too on Kickstarter to see how it goes. I was approached by different folks who all had a lot of ideas about, oh, we could do this with Crossing. We could do this with Crossing. And like, this company will publish it or this company might let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about a movie and all that stuff it was great and so <laughs> waiting to see if anything's gonna come out of those talks those talks take months and in the meantime other projects need to come out too i made the mistake of sitting on crossing for a bit to sort of see if those talks would come to fruition and then i had to just realize, listen, nothing's going to happen unless this book is done. Nothing. Alex, you, you were very graceful about, so that art that I did for you, what, what? <laughs> 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 and I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it. So um, <laughs> but, uh, this was a really great way to come back. The only thing anybody has ever wanted from us is more issues, more issues, more issues. And, and that's a huge, huge thing when people uh, are asking for more because nobody has to care. Uh, and, and, and I get a lot of reaction uh, for this series. So it's time to honor it and finish it. Are you still planning on a six-parter? Yes. And have you had, you don't have to tell me now, maybe you're going to save this for later, maybe San Diego. Do you have a bite from a publisher yet? We have. But okay. Okay. there, well, no, it, 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 
part of this is, you know, like, like the sort of the creative aspect of it, talking about indie publishing, it's, uh, everybody's trying to do the same thing. You know, everybody's trying to get books out and by on the strength of other books, get their books out and, and stuff like that. So when you're talking about indie publishing, uh, it's really hard to find another company who's better positioned to do what you want to do, uh, creatively and, figure stuff out. So the theme for me this year has just been stay on track, stay on track, stay on track. We have a publishing company, it's Red Stylo Media. Uh, let's get the book out and then see uh, what it becomes. This is where we are. And you have many rewards for pledging. I mean, you can get on board. <laughs> Look at us throwing puns everywhere. Stay on track. You can get on board. <laughs> you can get on board. It's not even intentional. <laughs> but- you choose, choose, choose these words here. <laughs> We're going to get sued by The Simpsons if you do that. Yeah, I know. That was a, that was a cheap one, wasn't it? <laughs> for just $1, you can get a PDF of the first issue. For 5 you can get all three as a PDF. For 15 2 and 3 in print. And there are some other cool ones. Why don't you tell me about those? Well, it wouldn't be uh, an Alex Cormick book if there weren't some Alex Cormick specials at the top <laughs> here. Mark is going to be getting in on this as well uh, because we're bringing Ninja Bear back for some of the higher level tiers. Uh, we've got a couple of reward levels that bundle together titles from all three of us, including uh, some of Alex's Comics Tribe titles and then Mark's uh, Ninja Bear books. And then uh, top tiers, some Alex Cormick original art. Hey. And then the one that I'm most excited about is the tippy top level. You could be a character, a major character, not just a cameo, but a major in the book in issues four, five, and six. So <laughs> that's an opportunity as well. But it's limited to two. Um, I like that one too. We only have two gives, major characters still to reveal. So <laughs> it, it gives Enrica a lot more work to have to create new characters based on other people. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that idea. <laughs> Well, another personality, just the way they look. So all the work's on Alex, which is fine with me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's oh, even valid. even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make that happen. But it's funny. Um, I had a friend the other day who he's like, you know, I'm I just I'm not gonna contribute because I can only throw in five bucks, uh, and I don't want to insult you. And I'm like, dude. Insult me. Just <laughs> no, five bucks, no. Five bucks. Just, just, just hand me five dollars. Yeah. We need bodies. We need bodies. And so it's a book about dead people and we need bodies. The, uh, <laughs> it, it is never and, and I wish it, it's one thing that I wish uh, more people just understood about Kickstarter. Like the total obviously is the goal, but there is power in numbers and you want those readers so just jump on for a dollar or get all of the issues for five bucks you get to be part of this project and you get to see what happens next so people can throw money at you until june 14th noon june 14th yes you've got that amount of time we do have a bit of a surprise waiting though if we can get money or the clock runs out we've committed to the only stretch goal if we can get funded and happy to get funded, we really need to get funded. But if we hit the stretch goal arena, uh, the only stretch goal we're going to have is to get issue four out before New York Comic Con in October. Oh. So, yes, you have until June 14th. But if we can get funded before then, that's going to be the, the tippy top stretch goal and the only one for this campaign. Before we get to the fun questions, I just have a couple of questions for you that I actually want to have you back on sometime to go into it in more detail. But let's talk a bit about you are director of Poe Baltimore 
and the Edgar Allan Poe House and Museum. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, goodness. Well, I think you just did. Story's <laughs> <laughs> uh, over. Bye, everybody. All done. See ya. So, uh, <laughs> I'm from Columbus, Ohio. We live in Baltimore, Maryland now. Just really funny because Alex and Mark and I, the first book we all worked on together was the Poe Twisted Anthology, which is a comic anthology inspired by Edgar Allan Poe, a writer dear to all of our hearts. But then later on, I, I did a book uh, that was a sequel to Edgar Allan Poe's Cask of Amontillado called The House of Montresor. And when I moved to Baltimore, plugging into the Poe community, the thing about Baltimore, Maryland is Poe was buried here. He started his career in Baltimore. Just this city really embraces Edgar Allan Poe. So because of the work that I had done previously, I was noticed for this position as director of the Edgar Allan Poe House and Museum in Baltimore. So that's my that's my day job. Comics made that possible by virtue of the fact that uh, I had devoted my creative life to Poe's work. That's how I plugged into this community, and that's how I got the opportunity. That's great that you can do something that's also your passion as your day job. That's fantastic. If, if your listeners want to come out, if you mention the podcast, come on out to the Edgar Allan Poe uh, House and Museum, and I'll say hi to you and show you the house. We're open Thursday through Sunday from 11 to 4. It's mm. not a good house for giant people like me. I've been there. <laughs> I, I got stuck in a stairwell. <laughs> I thought that was just a ploy because you wanted me to leave you there overnight. <laughs> Dr. Poe. Like, of course you did. Of course you got stuck. Well, if, I, if I wanted to stay there overnight, all I do is stay in the corner with my top hat on. You'd think I was just a mannequin and you'd be like, all right, we're closing up. <laughs> But uh, the book, actually, Crossing, is set in Baltimore and has a little bit of some of those tidbits in there, too. So Edgar Allan Poe is a theme, and a lot of Baltimore is very is the setting <laughs> for Crossing. It all comes together. It all fits. Yeah, for anybody that's, I mean, yeah, from Baltimore, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of landmarks, a lot of actual real locations that, through the book that uh, I draw one way, and then Rick's like, actually, it looks like this. And I'm like, oh, 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 okay, all right. But yeah, but I mean, anybody from Baltimore, it's, I mean, it's be a cool book to check out just because you're like, oh, I know this place, or I know then there's Fells Point, or there's this, and there's that. So you're of, saying uh, it doubles as a tour guide for the city of Baltimore. That's right. <laughs> it's not just an entertaining so, paranormal this is, mystery. This is kind of Listen, a, if yeah, I had thought about that, up. we could have gotten a lot more funding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the uh, Baltimore Committee of like, uh, like you know, tourists and all that type of stuff? They should be back in this entire book. <laughs> Chris, you'll appreciate this. The B&O Railroad actually starts in Baltimore. So, uh... ah, the listeners may not know there's a train that runs behind my house and it's B&O, so... <laughs> <laughs> It may even make an appearance on the show today. I don't know. We're going to just see what happens. <laughs> well, my fun questions. I ask all my guests, what do you like to do for rest and relaxation? Enrica, you first. What is real rest and relaxation? Foreign <laughs> term. <laughs> that is the most common answer I get. <laughs> what is that? No, um... I think if you want to be good at anything creative, you have to be a reader. That's the law. So uh, <laughs> reading is how I escape. That's how I relax and just sort of get out of my own brain and then travel. Alex, how about you? Uh, for rest, it, yeah, it's the same deal. It's, um, but no, for me, it's any time that I do, uh, oddly enough, I'm kind of a masochist because rest and relaxation, I'll probably draw. My son is a year and a half, so these <laughs> days, it's, uh, if I'm not working, I'm playing with him and running around with him and just doing stuff with him. 
Uh, but if I do have a few minutes to myself, I'll probably like sit down and play guitar. I'll probably just, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. My life is, uh, working, uh, being with my son and my wife. And then once in a while I'll play the guitar for laughs. Okay. How about you, Mark? If I'm not working and I'm trying desperately to sleep as much as possible, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't happen enough. Um, but no, generally, I it's 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 the same thing. It's and I think it's not even just about the desire to be just always productive. I think it's oh, we all have demons in our heads that we just need to work out. So I, I find myself constantly like I'm either drawing something or planning something or writing something. And so yeah, I mean, otherwise I'll I'll sit and like play video games or I I like to clean my apartment as a way of relaxing. If that <laughs> is that weird, is that a thought? No, that's plus. Please keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> You can come uh, clean my place too. You can clean my house too. <laughs> don't don't invite me because I'll you do really it. That's the problem. Chill out and, uh, yeah, I got some dishes downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of for fun, though. I mean, for all. I mean, this is kind of why we all got in this business in the first place because it's it's fun to do. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, it, we call it work and all that. But even if I didn't wasn't doing this as a career and all this, I would still probably be doing this on my free time. It can be hard work. It can be long hours and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not mining coal. It's it's this is fun. It's and that's kind of the whole point of this. It's supposed to be a fun thing to do. At least it is for me. I don't know about everybody else, but. <laughs> I have a good time doing it. It has its fun moments, but then there's the moments where it's like, God, mining coal sounds so relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you just imagine just hauling barrels of coal oh, out from underground? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's always like uh, hand drawings. Once once you're drawing a hand, it's like, uh, you know, maybe that's not so bad. <laughs> there are a lot of hands in this book. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> More the merrier. Now, the next question, thinking back to a birthday that stands out in your memory, why does it stand out? It doesn't have to be a good one. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a happy one, but just one that stands out for you. Which one was that? When I started to get to be in control of my birthdays, that's when they started to get really good. <laughs> when uh, I started uh, to have the, the money to do what I wanted to do on my birthday instead of like seeing what somebody else wanted to do, those started to get good. <laughs> the one that stands out though, Nothing for my childhood, actually. I had really great birthdays. It's not that that didn't happen. But on my 30th birthday, because I was freaking out about turning 30, and I look back at that now and I just giggle, but I decided to swim, do a polar bear swim on my birthday, which is in December. Oof. So, uh, and well, I, I, they wouldn't call it a polar bear swim if it was in July. <laughs> so I went out to uh, Coney Island, I had a thermos of coffee and whiskey ready, and... Uh, <laughs> Plowed into the ocean for approximately three seconds. But, oh, <laughs> no, but did it, and I was really thrilled to do it. That was <laughs> supposed to be life-affirming and life-threatening at the same But I thought that people were going to be impressed by it, and I was trying to find the old guys that do the polar bear swim every weekend, and I found a group of these old Russian dudes who were out there, and they looked like they were going to polar bear swim too. And when I showed up, I thought that they were going to be so excited to see me, and all of them were like, what? <laughs> There's a girl here. <laughs> None of them were impressed. So I did my little thing. My husband took a picture from shore. Yeah. <laughs> from like from the car. And then he took me for Chinese food and that was my was the so You're saying a bunch of men who voluntarily dive into the ocean mostly naked in the middle of freezing cold weather are a little antisocial? 
<laughs> well, I was surprised at the time. <laughs> well, I, I'm impressed that that helps. <laughs> That's something my brother's been trying to get me to do for years, and uh, I think he's finally given up on it. But uh, yeah, no, I just, I mean, good for you. I just, <laughs> that was mine. Alex, do you have one that stands out? Yeah, I'm thinking that is yeah. For that's first off, that's a great question. I'm, um, I'm I'm thinking of a bunch when I was little. I'm thinking of one where we had like a pirate theme. My parents did like a pirate theme party. We all ran around in pirate hats. One that specifically is popping out of my head right now is uh, I remember I how I, I was turning like 24 or something. I was 25 something like that. Uh, I remember my uh, wife, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time, uh, made me a plaid cake. Uh, because I always, I'm, I'm a child of the '90s. I always wear plaid shirts, and so she made me a plaid cake. And a friend of mine, Ed Marks, uh, Andrew Abbott, gave me a present, which was a bowling trophy. And he found like a bowling trophy in like a thrift shop somewhere, and carved "Happy Birthday, Alex." And he says, "Hey, here's your birthday <laughs> present. I got you a trophy." <laughs> so I go, oh, and oddly enough, it's the present that still sticks out of my head all these years later. Because you were awarded best birthday ever. Yeah, I was rewarded best friend. I had like a little bowling guy on top. And <laughs> I was like, oh, great. All right. It's cool. <laughs> and, uh, and these days, uh, my birthday is always on New York Comic Con uh, weekend when that's going on. So it's on Columbus Day weekend, basically. Yeah, this, uh, this year of the show, hopefully it'll be a good one. We can party it up. How about you, Mark? Actually, kind of a weird answer. I avoid my birthdays with a level that I think you'd only see in like a government conspiracy kind of thing. Uh, I will like deactivate my social media in the days fall like up running up to my birthday. I don't have it listed anywhere publicly because uh, I just it makes me uncomfortable. Oh, that, that, that was fun. I'm gonna your birthday. I'm gonna bug the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you can't because I disconnect everything. Oh, there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a hold of your folks. I'm gonna your list your I'm gonna plaster it all over crossing. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be on the it's side of like, my cars, like whatever date. You know, everybody's you know, I'm gonna make okay, you I'm gonna make up a date. I'm gonna tell everybody that's your birthday. That's your birthday. And you know what your birthday is now? Uh what's today? Today is the twenty fourth. Hey, happy birthday. Let's happy all wish you Mark a happy birthday, May twenty fourth. Can we sing? Sure. You can if you want to get sued. <laughs> Uh, Mark is a healthy, uh, I think, uh, 57 years old today. And uh, yeah, back in my day, comics were done by hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday, Mark. 12. You're 12 years old. Yeah. 12 years old today. <laughs> nice segue. Think back around 12 years old when you were a teenager. What was on your bedroom wall? What pictures or posters were there? And what were you listening to at the time? Oh, no. That's important. <laughs> yes, it is. It can be. Oh, no. Um, I had Indiana Jones posters on my walls. I know that. So that part's not so embarrassing. But what the hell was I listening to? Mm, 12? I think Gin Blossoms. <laughs> oh, wow. I feel old now. <laughs> All right. That's my answer. Go okay. away. Okay. Alex. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Yeah, on my walls, it was uh, 
12 years old, that would have been, that'd have been 94. There might have been like a Green Day poster up or a Nirvana poster. I'm sure a lot of Pearl Jam stuff. And I would have had movie posters up too. So there would have been like a Jurassic Park poster. There's like Indiana Jones, Star Wars. As far as listening to, it was a lot of Pearl Jam, a lot of Pearl Jam. It's still my favorite band. And just the bands of that era, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, pick a band that was out that around that era. But yeah, that was Green Day, uh, Offspring, Mighty Mighty Boston's probably. Uh, yeah, wicked cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, for me, it was Blacklight Posters and nothing but Weird Al Yankovic. Yes! Yeah, all right. <laughs> I had no musical taste when I was a kid, but in retrospect, I feel like Weird Al Yankovic is actually great for a kid who knows nothing about music because he kind of opens you up to everything. Yeah, I'll, I'll back that up. Love got like a new collection that's supposed to be in like an accordion that's a case for all the CDs yeah. or records. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a couple hundred dollars or else I'd have, a, I'd have it right now. But, uh, <laughs> it's on vinyl and CD and it's an accordion. It's awesome. The next question. This is hypothetical. You are stuck on a deserted island, and you can only have one book. It can be a prose novel. It can be a graphic novel. It can be a series of books if they're all related. What would that one book be? Well, my favorite book is Neil Stevenson's Cryptonomicon. I get to have all of his books then because they're all connected. Uh, <laughs> the entire Baroque cycle plus he is uh, – it's – how to explain this? Uh, it's got two timelines in the book. One is uh, set in World War II, and it's all about stealing and then hiding Nazi gold. And all of the books are two thousand pages, so I would be set to that desert island. I could have all of the connections. <laughs> For me, I would get a. I would have a book explaining how to build a boat, <laughs> or how to create a helicopter, uh, airplane, or something like that. Being a wise guy out of the way. Um, have the uh, the new uh, Leonardo da Vinci book biography that just came out. I haven't had five seconds to read it, so I'll save that book so I can actually have some time to sit down and read a book. That one. <laughs> Even though I haven't read it. And Mark? I would have to say Crossing. Oh! Uh, and, and, and I've heard that it's now available on Kickstarter. Hey! <laughs> now this is why I keep this guy around. That's smart. Cheering <laughs> <laughs> up over here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd say probably anything uh, Charles Schultz Peanuts or anything by Lovecraft. There you go. Very, very weird combo there. All right, very good. Another hypothetical question. If a toy company were to make an action figure of you, what would be your accessory? Um, I'm going to pass and I'm going to hear everybody's answers. Well, I mean, for me, it would probably be a whacking pad and a pen, which is lame. So I'll change that answer to a bazooka <laughs> <laughs> with real firing rockets or that like rocket pack thing that they had on the uh, Boba Fett action figure that was uh, they had to take away. That, that, I think that'll be cool, too. But yeah, but honestly, it'd probably be some sort of drawing uh, pad or uh, whacking tablet or something like that. OK, Mark. A pastrami sandwich and an overwhelming feeling of self-loathing. <laughs> Yeah, like a like a bubble where like a button on the back where I just go <sighs> and I just say, like, <laughs> This action figure sucks. <laughs> and yet I relate to it. Yeah. <laughs> now eat your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> they can have a variant one with real pastrami. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be the black or red pastrami. Those would be variants. <laughs> Enrique, you've had some time now. What would it be? Oh, man, I can't talk that. <laughs> 
I would probably like one of those really annoying girl accessories from the 80s. Like it would probably come with a journal with really stupid stickers. A little plastic hairbrush? Not so much that. I, think, I just remember uh, stepping on a lot of those for my little sister. I was, I, like <laughs> emo girl journals. This is how I feel today. And this is your wedding <laughs> prompt for today. So you'll have the self-loathing too. <laughs> yes, but wrapped up in like a more upbeat package. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have your self-loathing. I got my bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> I picture Enrique's packaging to be like very Lisa Frank. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's, Enrique, don't sell yourself short. Get yourself like a unicorn. Or, uh, oh no! Or a rocket ship. A rocket ship would be cool. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> this is an easy question, Enrica. What is your beverage of choice when you're resting and relaxing? Bourbon. That is the answer. Only because James McGee, who is one of the editors for Red Stylo, we've spent a lot of time talking. He makes uh, really great bourbon recommendations. And yes, some people eat their feelings. I just drink. <laughs> Alex, do you have a favorite? You know, I'll say I'll go with the hard liquor uh, with Enrica. Uh, I like rum. I'm a rum guy. I don't really know a fancy rum for. Well, I can tell a good rum from a bad rum. Uh, what's it? Uh, Kraken. I like that stuff. So, yeah. So if I'm gonna put my feet up and relax, I might have a glass of that with uh, some ice. Mark. Uh, Slurpees. Any flavor. Slurpees. <laughs> like, it's like, I'll, I'll drink it right, right. out of the machine. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> Final question. What is the one question that you have never been asked in an interview before? One that you want someone to ask you. That one. <laughs> I mean, <that's> one yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. No, I was just saying something you want people to know about you that you wish they knew about you, but no one's ever asked you before. So what would that one question be? And then you can answer it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Enrica, you're up. I always look for opportunities to tell people I used to work in a cemetery. And... You used to work in a cemetery? Yes, yeah, I've never I heard did. that one I didn't know that. And that's like my dream job. <laughs> <laughs> you used to work in a cemetery. So, cemetery. I, I understand people are dying to get in there. Uh, Alex, go home. <laughs> <laughs> I almost uh, ran myself over with my own car in the cemetery. Uh, yeah. uh, hold on, back up. I, we got to hear the story now. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. I've always wanted to tell the story on a podcast. Okay, so I uh, it was my first uh, week working in the cemetery, and uh, I was still really scared to work at night, but my job was to stay and, and meet people and uh, at the cemetery to show them where their plot would be. So it was a very ghoulish kind of job, but then I had to walk up the cemetery by myself. Now, did they provide the lantern and the hunchback? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I had to lock up the cemetery by myself. It was in Virginia. Very popular in those cemeteries are these, like, solar-powered crosses. When the sun goes down, there are no lights in the cemetery. These crosses just glow. (laughs) (laughs) And they look like they're floating in the dark. And this was pitch black and I had to lock up the building. So I was scared to do this. I ran out to my car, turned on all the lights in my car and turned on my car and realized that I had forgotten to turn off the lights in the building. But there I am in my car, really afraid of the dark and all these crosses are glowing around me. And I started my car so I could speed away. I panicked and I ripped my keychain in half so that I could keep my car key in the car. And then I tried to run the building and I ran in front of my car and I realized I didn't put my car in park. Oh, no. So the car starts to roll down the hill and I'm 
the total moron who decides, I know how to stop my car. I'm going to jump in front of it. <laughs> and hence that scene from the first issue of Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, realized very quickly my mistake uh, and, and managed to jump out from in front of my car and it back into the car, slam on the brakes, run back in the building, turn on the lights, speed away. Uh, but it was rolling down the hill. It was going to run over me. And there was a pond at the very bottom. So I would have, the car would have rolled right over me, shoved me into the water. And that's how I would, that would have been the story of me. <laughs> My heroine working in a cemetery story. And I realized I just have to stop being scared of the dark after that. And yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes almost getting run over by your own driverless car is enough to get you to realize that your fear is a little unfounded just really stupid yeah there are other things to be afraid of so yeah i'm so glad you asked thank you wow, thank you for sharing wow. <laughs> alex how about you what's that one you question you're gonna make me go after that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i had to go after um yeah you know I, I don't know i don't know um uh i kind of like the idea of asking about old jobs like that my old jobs i used to work at uh, disney world and uh i used to run the uh the teacups the pooh bear ride and the snow white ride you were a carny at Disney World? I sure was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah you and, uh, a back in vibe off of you. Yeah, <laughs> you can see me as a carny, right? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Carny meaning uh, I worked in Fantasyland, so I had to wear lederhosen all day. everything. You know, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, um, it, you know, it was just kind of goofy back then. I remember, um, and yeah. <laughs> it was goofy at Disney World? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was just uh, a lot of fun. I remember uh, teacups. I would uh, as car as the cup would come close to me, I'd grab the handle and spin them a little faster. And uh, <laughs> yeah, throw up, kids. That's right. Oh, and, uh, only once I had uh, actually no, twice I had to deal with throw up. Uh, one kid threw up in the teacup, and I had to clean that up with a huge crowd there. And another time, uh, oh, and here's a little thing in uh, Disney World, when someone gets sick, they call it a. They don't want to say throw up or puke. They call it a protein spill. <laughs> <laughs> So gives it a, it gives it a sci-fi element. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Anyway, that was a fun job. And uh, but yeah, so I'll you know what I'll think of a good question later today. <laughs> so I'll answer it. And then call back in. Yeah. <laughs> I got one. I got one. <laughs> well, what do you? What about you, Mark? What, what's yours? Well, first I want to say protein spell. Great name for a band. Uh, <laughs> second. <laughs> All right, let's start a metal band that's going to be called uh, Protein Spill. Protein Spill. <laughs> I, I would say the one question I wish I would always be asked is if somebody were to ask me, Mark, can you open and pour a bottle of soda with your feet? To which the answer would be yes, but I'm not going to tell you how I found that out. Oh. Oh, man. <laughs> you have to now. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's not an impressive story. I just I just did it one day. <laughs> just wondered, can what? I? <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things. You're just sitting there. You're like, hmm, can I do this? Hmm. And uh, yeah, the, the first time I did it, I did it in front of a uh, girlfriend who uh, is now my wife. So that's a message for you kids out there. Women like talented guys. Oh, that's great. <laughs> That's how you wonder over. She was she was already in the dumpster. She had the speech ready to go. Like, honey, look at this. She's like, oh, oh man. Oh, I'm all right. I'll just like, yeah, oh. 
Oh, he just he won me over with that one. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> sorry to have derailed your interview. <laughs> it's the agony of defeat. I'm gonna go in the same corner with Alex now. <laughs> Well, thank you for a wonderful conversation and having such a good time with the fun questions. And folks, don't forget, Crossing 2 and 3 Kickstarter, you have until June 14th, but don't delay. Get there sooner. Jump on board now. By the way, I have a train sound right now because I'm about to board one. All right. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) So I'm going to clear off now. Thank you all so much for being on Creator Talks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having all of us on. Thank you, Bye. everyone. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you for joining me this episode. Please come back this Thursday, my regularly scheduled day for a new podcast episode. I'm interviewing Christopher Sabella, the writer, and Joshua Hickson, the artist, on Shanghai Red, being published by Image Comics, coming in June. Please join us. Thank you for joining me for Creator Talks this week. The show is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and also on Amazon Echo and Dot devices. Just say, Alexa, play podcast Creator Talks to hear the latest episode. In addition, you can listen to the show and follow it through Podbean. Your feedback is greatly appreciated, so please rate and review on iTunes if you like the show or an episode that you heard. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping the show, and I can't thank you enough for taking a bit of time to do that. For your convenience, in the show notes of each podcast, I have a link to my iTunes page where you can rate and review the show and see the entire list of shows available. If you haven't heard them all, take a look through. There are living legends and -and up-and-coming comic creators. Tell family and friends who like comics and comic book creators about the show. And to subscribe. The content is free. Just as valued are your comments and feedback. You can reach me through Facebook and Twitter at Creator Talks Pod. That's at Creator Talks Pod. You can also reach out to me by email. You can find that at my website, creatortalks.com. At the website, you will also find blog posts, reviews of books that I have read that you might want to read too, my catalog of podcasts, and videos and other written articles on the website creatortalks.com. A hearty thank you to all my guests. It is an honor and a privilege for you to make time to be on the show and talk to me about your work. It is your knowledge and insight into the creative process that makes the show so unique. My thanks also goes out to my family who makes this show possible, especially my executive co-producer, Mrs. Calloway. I'll be back each and every Thursday with a new interview. For Creator Talks, I'm your host, Christopher Calloway. Until next time.